Outer Rim News Podcast, episode 25. Yes, it's the 25th episode. And you may have wondered where we were at last week, and, well, there's no real good reason for it. We've just been kind of busy. Life kind of gets in the way, but sorry about that. But we're back with episode 25 this week, and hopefully we won't skip too many more weeks for you. Uh, I'm, of course, your co-host, Ashley Wilbanks, and as always, my cousin from another muzzin in Savannah, Georgia, Austin Gordy. Hootie hoo! <laughs> Hootie hoo! I don't know. That's, I was going to go with the Ric Flair, but I was like, man, because man, I, I was watching that video again today where it's like him and the, the, the guy that was like impersonating him, just going back and forth, just woo, 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 woo. Like, it's the funniest video ever. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. I need it's to, so is good. Is it on YouTube? Because it's the same guy that does like, he does a good impression of uh, Macho Man. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, just, just, you know, look it up like Ric Flair. Um, versus Ooh. impersonator or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure it's on there, and they use it for so many different you know little memes and th- stuff. It's just really funny. Hmm. All right, uh, yeah, we'll have to check that out. So, um, what's been happening in Savannah, Georgia, this past week or two weeks? Because uh, I hadn't talked to you in two weeks. I know, man. Um, not too much to be honest. I mean, it's just staying busy with work. Um, I um, I know. I think last podcast I already mentioned that i had finally finished uh twilight company i think yes, i had finished it by yes, then and i've started yes. now i've started the force awakens but i'm not quite finished with that i'm like near the end of that book mm-hmm. and, I, and i have to say like i you know because even when i started it i was having like some back and forth text conversations with a friend of mine and his girlfriend and uh he hasn't read it but she has and, and just for whatever reason was so offended by this new book <clears throat> and was trying to like really put down Alan Dean Foster as a, an author. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like it was unwarranted. Like I'm, I'm reading the book right now and, and I, I do agree that it's, you know, there's not a lot of backstory to it, you know, to a lot of characters. I mean, there's some, you know, um, I guess some of the scenery and some of the, you know, the stuff like on the planets and, and just, you know, with some of the characters, I mean, there's a little bit of like a, you know, like a flamboyant kind of way of describing things in, in details only the way Alan Dean Foster can. Yeah. But, um, I mean, so far the book's not horrible. Like, I, I was expecting it to be a lot worse than it than it actually is. Like, I mean, as far as it not being a conduit of, like, you know, hidden things that we just, you know, like that were that we didn't catch in the movie or that wasn't in the movie. I mean, granted, there are some added scenes, but other than that, I mean, there's not much to it, but it doesn't make it a bad book per se. I mean, it's it's still pretty uh, good, you know, compared it, to <laughs> Battlefront Twilight Company. It's it's gold. But, oh, it is um, gold. But, but you know, I, I think people going into that book thought that they were going to, it was going to be like other Star Wars movie books where they thought that they were going to get a little something extra out of it. Right. A little more inside detail, you know, inside thought to to characters and places that the book really doesn't dive into. I mean, it's right. kind of it, straightforward. By yeah, it's the a pretty movie. straightforward book, but you can, I mean, you can't really blame that on the author. Cause he even, he even says in an interview, I mean, he's not given that much to go off of. He pretty much is just given the script. He can't even, he can't watch bits of the movie. He only saw some, some art. He didn't have too, too much interaction with the, with the filmmakers. So, I mean, he was pretty much flying blind with this one, and I think it was probably because of the whole trying to keep everything a secret. Um, really? It, that's what it, feel, that's what know, it seemed like. That's the way I took it. 
and it, you know the the times that it does go off track from the the film it it, it there's nothing really there i mean it, it it's too short it doesn't go into enough detail right. I, I tell you the one thing that i did like and i hadn't finished the book yet um I am. They were about to attack Starkiller Base right now. The resistance oh, okay. is. But, yeah, I'm right before but, that. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the one thing I did like was the fact that they pointed out how Starkiller Base worked, the technology, right. the science behind it, right. and and what it did, and that kind of opened up part of the movie. It, it showed why you know it seems like Han and Finn can see the the sun beam or whatever it is traveling across space mm-hmm. from the planet that they're on um, to, to what was the planet to, to Donna Takadana. Yeah. Takadana. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, that, that was kind of cool, but that that's the only thing that's got any substance to it outside of the movie to me. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, I agree. I mean, like I said, there's not a lot of substance to the book, but I mean, I'm also looking at it in terms of just how it's written. Like, in, you know, just even with, with describing what what is happening in the book. And like I said, it's not it's not too terribly bad. I mean, there are a lot of points where he uses like this is this is one complaint I heard from from a friend was uh, he uses too many big words, but it's almost like he's doing it to show off. And then I had to explain to him. I'm like, you do understand this man has been writing science fiction since the 70s. So it's not that he's showing off. It's just that's just what he knows i mean he's a really smart guy so and so his vocabulary is large it's probably larger than any of ours so it's like you know you can't go into it with this simple mindset of like oh you know i'm being offended by his his vocabulary i'm like it's just his style i mean I, i i agree it's 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 boring at times but give the man some credit you know what i'm saying he's he's not I mean, he's Alan Dean Foster. You know what I'm saying? He he has a reputation. Yeah, he he's not a he's not some crappy, you know, go to author just to write crap. You know, I mean, it's he's he's actually really good. I mean, I mean, heck, he he ghost wrote the first Star Wars novel. You know, George Lucas didn't write that. It was it was Alan Dean Foster. George Lucas just got the credit for it. So, you know, I, I, that's why I'm like I'm a little defensive of him, but at the same time, I mean, like I I look at it in a more you know. Uh, um, you know, a, you know, wider like critical eye. I mean, I I see the faults and I see the I see the positives and negatives basically. So the book's not great. It doesn't really go into much detail like the pre. I mean, what's bad is that the prequel books were better, but the prequel books were better than their movie counterparts. Like the books yeah. actually made the movies better, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, especially like episode three. Um, Ari Salvatore did uh, episode two and was really good. Terry Brooks did episode one and that was really good. I mean, they all did a really good job. So this one, you know, it was like, I, I felt like it was more of a, you know, we've we've done this with Star Trek already with both of them. You know, you've done two, you know, you've done those two Abrams movies. You can do this one. You know, I guess it was probably just like an easy job to kind of give out to somebody and, and why not give it to the guy who, who wrote the first book, the first Star Wars book, and who is, you know, he's, you know, he's delved into this Star Wars universe before, all that kind of stuff. But it just didn't seem like they didn't give him a whole lot to go off of. Um, beyond that, I mean, maybe, maybe I am defending too much. Maybe he could have went further. It just, it seemed, from what I could understand, was he didn't have enough. He didn't have a whole lot of information. But um, yeah, it, but I feel like I feel like people I, jumped on him a little too hard on this book. 
Yeah, I mean, it's sort of unwarranted, but I think the expectation was so high going yeah. in based on previous books that people were expecting to get something that they did not get in this right. book. And right. um, that you know, he sort of just, that's his thing. He sort of stuck with being the guy who wrote the Force Awakens book, and he was subject to the terms and conditions of J.J. Abrams and the Disney secret machine. Right, and, exactly. And, you know, and, and there's nothing he could really... He could really do about that, so it's not really his fault. But he is the author, so right. You know, um, but yeah, like I said, I'm I'm not quite done with that one yet. But I should be done probably tonight. I'll probably finish it up, and um, that'll pretty much be it for the the new canon until the next books come out. I don't think the next one comes out until May. I think it's the one written by Claudia Gray called New Republic Bloodline or Bloodlines. Uh, okay. Um, she was the one that wrote Lost Stars. Uh-huh. But this one's going to be—I don't know if it's going to be an adult, like considered an adult novel yet. It hasn't said if it's young adult or not. I do know it's going to have a heavy page count, so it's going to be another big one. And um, I'm not sure if it's going to deal with the same characters. I don't know if it's going to be a whole new story, but it's set. Um, I mean, if it's there, if it's there, if it's the character she worked with in the first book, they'd be pretty old by now. But this one's going to be set, I think, five years before uh, Force Awakens. Okay. So it's I'm interested be, to read this one, and yeah, then of it's course be the same same characters though from that you, first book. You think so? Yeah, I, w- I would think so. They they mm-hmm. probably want to continue that. I mean, this is just my guess. Right, and you could be right. Um, I mean, like I said, they will be older though. I mean, they'll be yeah on up there in age. But yeah, maybe maybe they'll tie them or, or at least time in somehow in the story. And uh, and then Chuck Wendig, uh, his second part of the aftermath trilogy comes out, in, I think July. Mm-hmm. And that's really all I know of so far. Hmm. Well, that sounds like we got a, an interesting couple of months <laughs> coming up. Yeah, which I mean, I hope they announce more, and I hope they put out more soon. But I haven't heard of anything really through the grapevine. Hmm. But you never know. So your your two weeks have consisted of finishing up Battlefront and starting and almost finishing the Force Awakens novelization. Um, well, there was that. I mean, I've got other books I read, too. Um, what? I've, uh, yeah. You read other books? <laughs> I read other books, my friend. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's, it's like reading? it's the weirdest books, too. Like, I'm, re- like I'm just finishing up a Freddie Mercury biography, a um, um, an Alice in Chains biography, and then I've got Amanda Palmer's book, Art of Asking, coming up, and then some others. So, I mean, I've got so many books, like non-Star Wars books that are queued up. Like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like I don't know if I'll ever get to them, but I'm trying to do a reading challenge too for the year. So it's like uh, it consists of different types of books, and it's like twelve in all. But you just you go through and you check off. But the, I, I feel like the rules could be stretched a little bit so a book could cover more than one category. But we're mm-hmm. gonna do it where, where it's gonna be twelve books, and they'll all strike off a different category. And so far, I've got one that was published in 2016, which is Force Awakens. And then one that you put down and then came back to, and that was Battlefront. Yeah. So that counted for two. Um, there's a uh, there's a category there for, um, I guess the most um, like a a book I guess you're you're afraid to read, like a book that you you know that would be like a lot to to take in. 
And mm-hmm. uh, so I picked, there's a, a book that J.J. Abrams wrote with some other guy, and it's called S. And, you know, it's it's like a really, like, in-depth book where you, you, you have, like, the main book, and then there's stuff written around the margins that tell a whole different story that's running along with, with it's basically these people that have read the book that you're reading. And so it's like you have to read the book through, and then you have to go back through and read the, the liner notes, and then there's some other stuff. And then there's, like, little artifacts and little bits of, like, like you know, nap, folded napkins and maps and compasses and notes and envelopes, all kinds of stuff throughout the book that you, you pull out and you can look at while you're reading. It's a really immersive, like, interactive book that, that uh, I had always heard about. I was always kind of like, oh, that'd be a tough one to read, but I think I'm going to take it on for the challenge. So, who's doing this challenge? Me and Candy. Oh, just you and your girlfriend? Yeah, doing, yeah. It's just, it was some a friend of mine. They were like, hey, you should try this out. We're going to do this this year. And and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So, we do that. And, you know, I'm sure, <clears throat> like I said, Star Wars helped it. You know, I already knocked off two <laughs> right there with the, now, with the categories. Um, now, what is, she, what is she knocked off? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I, I really don't know. I mean, she reads a lot, too. But her thing is, and just like me, she's probably read a lot that that doesn't count towards a category. But I know that we'll both read, I think, um, To Kill a Mockingbird as a book that you were supposed to read in school but never did. See, I, I've never read mm-hmm. it. I only watched the movie. So I'm going to read mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think there's, oh, there's one that was like you could read it in a day. But the thing is, is I've already read all of my Star Wars young adult novels. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I may... <clears throat> I didn't know what, what to read then, but then I was thinking Goosebumps. <laughs> so I'm going to pull out like yep. an old Goosebumps book and read that. And I think she's going to do the same thing for that. But then there's, there's a category for a book that you, that is given to you or suggested to you by your, like your spouse or your significant other. And so that one, I, I'll probably give her a young adult, like Star Wars novel to get into. Cause she even really? asked me, she was like, you know, you think maybe I should read Force Awakens and maybe I'll get more out of it. You know, so I'll learn more about the movie, and I said, "Well, I hear it doesn't really give you much." <laughs> so, yeah. but it's just cool that she's even interested. You know, Star Wars is usually not something that she was like, you know, jumping at the bit to to experience. But ever since the new movie, man, it's got her loving it. Like she loves the stuff. Well, it's um, it's really cool that she's interested in Star Wars books, but it's kind of sad that the two current books that are out are Twilight Company and The Force Awakens to introduce her to Star Wars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little tough. Like, I mean, and, and, you know, the other ones are more for, like, people that are way more, you know, like they're kind of versed in the canon already. Um, yeah. But I do know that, like, Dark Disciple was is one that everybody takes really well to, but she wouldn't really get anything out of it unless she watched the Clone Wars cartoons, which she hasn't, so... I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. I'd probably take her back to the original canon and just like just pick some stuff from there to read, like the you know the Zon trilogy or you know the Jedi Academy trilogy or something like that. Hmm. That yeah. sounds cool, man. Yeah, well, yeah, man. It's, it's really cool, man. We're we're a reading bunch over here. I mean, and, and then like on top of that, then I've got the comics that I stay in line with. Like, um, I actually just finished um, this week. I picked up my comics that I had. Um, the new issue of Star Wars, which was another Obi-Wan Kenobi adventure. Yep. And uh, I have to say, it was actually uh, it was actually really good. I enjoyed it. Hmm. I, well, I hadn't read it. I've got it downstairs. Uh, it's in my little box from 
discount comic book service, but I hadn't actually opened up any of the comics. I've got like a stack of like eight or nine backlog that I have to get through. Oh, okay. I just, yeah, just this one was cool. I felt like the first the first one they, they delved into, like with Obi-Wan Kenobi, I felt like it was kind of like it was pretty cool. It was a cool story, but the art was horrible. Like I really didn't like it. With this really? art, have you have you looked through it at all? No, I've just seen the cover. I was gonna say it's like um, like how do you how do I explain it? It's it was a there was like a Marvel author that I had or a Marvel artist I had seen before. Is it? It's not Alex Cross, is it? It's the one that's there. It's like really realistic looking people. You can tell they used. Um, Alex real Ross. models. Alex Ross. Alex Ross. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty much the art in the this new Obi Wan Kenobi uh, book. The um, the interior. The yeah, interior the, art. The pen, it says wow. the writer is Jason Aaron, but the penciler was yeah. Mike Mayhew. Oh, Mike Mayhew. He's good, dude. He's good. Really yeah, I was good. gonna say it was really, really, really good. I mean, but like I said, it was it was like hyper realistic, almost like just taking photos of people. You know, yeah. it looked really, really good. Way better than the the last Obi Wan issue. So I thought that was a really cool mix, and it was a really cool story too, because you kind of got a. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you or not. No, don't spoil it. I'm okay, read it. I'll just say, yeah, read it. It's really cool because it, it touches on like Luke and all that. So you'll really like that. But the art, it was just fantastic. Two thumbs up on that one. And then the Kanan issue I just read was really good because it touches on more of the battle of. Um, um, is, is it my Gito or my Gito? Yeah, uh, you got me on that one, man. I always forget. I always forget which one it is. But anyway, it's the the, the battle on my Gito, I think, or my Gito, and um, so you get more of that with with Kanan or Caleb and yeah. uh, Depa. So that was really cool. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I can't remember. So when you was, go to the comic yeah. shop and get your monthly or weekly comics or whatever, you pretty much stick to Star Wars. Is that it? Um, I mean, I have, yeah, mostly Star Wars because, of course, they take up a lot. I got the, um, oh, yeah, and I got the new Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, the Obi-Wan and Anakin issues, which I'm not jiving on so far. They're okay, but I'm not crazy about them so far. But, yeah, yeah when I, I get to the comic shop, I get, you know, my pull is mostly all the Star Wars uh, issues, like all the, the different um, titles for Star Wars. Um, I do do mm-hmm. I do the uh, Star Trek line. Um, I have a Back to the Future line. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No, those are IDW, right? Yeah, IDW does okay. Back to the Future and Star Trek. I want to do Ghostbusters, but I you know I missed those first few. Pro- well, I mean probably the first couple of years that they did them, so I was so far behind. I just haven't jumped in with it. Yeah. Because I was kind of the same way with Star Trek. I didn't read a lot of. I, I read a couple of the first issues, and then I fell off for a long time. And now I'm into it, and it's they're really good. But but yeah, it's my my comic reading is very limited. It's like if if it's not something I'm I know like Star Wars and Star Trek, then I I really don't go too far. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't read any of the, the like Marvel classics, like you know anything with X Men or Iron Man or Spider Man or anything like that. Yeah. Well. um when when you buy comics, are you buying them to read and collect, or are you just doing it to read? Well, both. You read and collect because you know I keep them in the bag and board, and uh, oh, okay. yeah, I keep all that. I've got, like I said, I've got every issue of every Star Wars comic that w- since Marvel did the reboot. Because and I was yeah. so excited about it because I, you know, Dark Horse had lots and lots of Star Wars comics, but I could never keep oh, up. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, like I said, before before this, I was never a, a comics guy. So when they did the reboot of, of Star Wars and, and Marvel got it, um, yeah, I was there from day one, and I've, I've had every issue since of every every storyline. Hmm. So I was just going to tell you, you know, if if you're wanting to catch up on Ghostbusters, you, you go to Comixology, and uh-huh. you, you wait for those Ghostbusters sales when they go for like 99 cents an issue. Oh, really? They do that? Yeah, I mean it's all digital, so you don't get a hard copy. Mm-hmm. But you know, but for those who don't collect and just want to read, you know, because they're addicted to the story or whatever, right? You know, I mean, they they'll occasionally have like the half off sale because they'll usually be like a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, or whatever. But when they have the sales, everything usually goes to ninety nine cent. Oh, okay. So you can you can pick up you know twenty comics for twenty dollars. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because, I mean, with Ghostbusters, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to collect, but at the same time, yeah, I I mainly want to read them just for the story, you know, just for that continuing storyline. Especially when I heard they just recently did a crawl. It was like like Ghostbusters and real Ghostbusters crossover. I thought that was really cool. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I I love stuff like that. I remember the real Ghostbusters and and the the one with the gorilla. Is that what you're talking about? The, I guess. The cartoon. No, 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 no. I mean the the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon version with the movie, the guys, you know, like because the, oh, the oh, comics oh, followed okay. the movie versions, but then this one was like the movie versions of their characters, and then they met their their cartoon you know matches. Hmm. Well, dude, my my last two weeks have been you know I hate to say it, but they've been semi Star Wars less, so to speak, and it's nothing to do with lack of interest. It's more of being lots an adult, of, uh, yeah, being an adult, lots of stuff going on. Um, school is, uh, is, you know, there's something always to do with with school, and then you got work and and um, and two, I, you know, I run a couple of other sites. I run my DC collector's site for all my DC Comics fans. Whoop whoop. <laughs> and uh, and I actually I got an interview. I got to interview. I don't know. You, you know the Funko Pop line of yeah. figures. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, I got to interview uh, Mark Robin, who is the uh, director of marketing at Funko. Oh, cool. And, you know, yeah, we, we talked a little bit um, over the phone. Uh, it, and we, it, it was basically about their DC subscription service coming out starting uh-huh. in March, you know, around Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the talk got a little bit over into the Star Wars line because you know they have a smuggler's bounty box yeah which and it is beyond cool every mm-hmm. couple of months you get I, have you seen it yeah I've seen I've seen where people get them and I it's like I'm, I'm tempted but I'm just not a huge fan of the Funko Pop figures yeah like I just I don't know they never grab me I know a lot of people love them in my local mm-hmm. comic shop like I think that's what holds the walls up <laughs> it's Funko Pop. Yeah. No, I'm serious. They have dude the entire square footage of this place is just filled with Funko Pop, and and it wow. shocks me too because I'll go in there and for a friend I'll ask them if they have something, and when they don't have something I'm like, well that must be the only thing you don't have because <laughs> they've got a million of them in that store. Well, dude, I mean you'd be surprised. I, 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 so I started up after I got off the phone with him. I'd, I've, I've already collected Star Wars. I've been collecting Star Wars pops for eh, better part of two years. I don't have them all no, mm-hmm. by any means, but you know when I see them, I grab them for the collection. I have like thirty now, just Star Wars pops. Uh, and 
So, so they were in my, not my area of expertise, but they were in my, my um, kind of collection view or whatever you want to call it. When I'd see one, I'd grab it, like I said. But then, of course, you know, I'm a huge DC Comics fan. Batman vs. Superman's coming out, and they and I, I already get the Smuggler's Bounty box, so that's every two months, you know, you get a new box. And they said, oh, we're starting a DC Comics box. So I was posted all about that on DCCollectors.com. And then uh, called up uh, Funko, got the interview with Mark Robin, and... He's a big Star Wars guy too. He's not, you know, he's not just a D. He's he likes DC. His favorite character is Nightwing, but he's really a big Star Wars fan at heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he has his own collection room and stuff like that. And we got to talking not just during the interview, but afterwards too. And I got more and more think interested in these pops and the Funko product and looking at it. And um, this, I don't know what came over me, man. But I've spent a lot of money on. <laughs> Oh, Funko stuff. Oh, lately. wow. How much did you spend? <laughs> I don't even want to add it up, man. I don't even want to add it up. But I also said, okay, so let me start my own uh, little Funko site, too. Since And, and I started shelfpron.com, um, you know, PR0N. And it's kind of a play on porn, right? But mm-hmm. in the old days, for uh, guys who own porn sites to kind of hide it. Mm. They would misspell it on purpose and call it prawn. So, <laughs> so I, it's kind of a play off that, you know, the shelf prawn to show show off what you got on your shelf. Right. And uh, it's basically like a, a a Funko dedicated site dedicated to Funko news and 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 Funko stuff. And man, I I'm not getting away from my Star Wars roots by any means, but because the, the focus of my Funko collection is going to be Star Wars. But, you know, because I'm a DC fan, too, I've been adding some DC stuff here and there. And then after I started doing that, I was like, well, uh, some of that Marvel stuff looks good, too. You know, <laughs> so I've been adding a few things there. And, and what's cool is it's another way for me to connect with Savannah and Summer because they already con- they already have a few pops of their own over the years, ma- mainly Disney pops. So it's kind of a cool way to connect with them and have a collection together kind of thing mm-hmm. because now they're all into displaying their pops on their shelves and all that kind of good stuff so i'm just a proud papa passing on that gene <laughs> to them hey i mean man the, you know, I, I bet a lot of these too <clears throat> especially after a while they'll probably be worth so much money especially like the the hard to find ones oh dude but, some um, of them are already worth you know a couple of grand Oh, really? I'd see, I knew oh, it was only yeah. a matter of time. I just, I mean, I wish but, I could get into them. It was just, it, it, they don't grab me as much, I guess. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I'm not, like, I'm not about the design too much. I mean, but I yeah. respect, you know, what they're doing in the movie. Because I always love, like, when people nerd out over stuff. I mean, it's just, it you know, it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah, really. But, um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty big, pretty big thing from what I can tell. I mean, like I said, that that uh comic place i mean they didn't used to sell them and all of a sudden like they they have like a ton of them yeah it's just exploded um, man i mean that's just a pop culture kind of thing with them Uh, mm -hmm. and the cool thing about pops is you get same scale same everything in a in a action figure line even though it's not really an action figure but it goes beyond just one universe so i have star wars 
toys in the same scale as Marvel and DC, Star Trek, Disney, uh, Ricky Bobby, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, you know, they have everything. Friday the 13th, the Nightmare on Elm Street Pops. It's, it's really, really cool to, to just display that stuff and have it sitting there on a shelf, you know, with Kylo Ren sitting beside uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. Really, really cool. Tell me this um, though: when uh-huh. when are we going to get a like the wave two of the Star Wars figures? Like with well, wave Han two's and, already hit. Wave well, two's I, already I, hit. That, that's considered, I believe, wave three. Oh, wave three. Stuff. Okay, I thought it was still yeah. considered wave two. No, um, but yeah, the one with this like Han Solo and the new you know Ray with her lightsaber and stuff like. That, I can't find them anywhere. I think they've already hit. It's just not in bulk yet. Oh, okay. Um, and and the reason being is. A lot of these, a lot of times at Walmart and stuff, they're not going to put that stuff out until the other stuff sells through. You know, right? And that, and that sucks because I still have four Star Wars figures sitting on a shelf since Force Friday. Yeah, <laughs> and they will not put anything new out until those four figures sell. It is just pathetic, 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 pathetic. That's what I get from Walmart. But. You know, speaking of Hasbro and those figures now, some news just broke tonight um, talking about a possible Hasbro and Mattel merger. Did you see that? Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, maybe they'll, maybe Hasbro will go, oh, look, we're, you know, I like how Mattel makes figures and we'll start doing them that way now. (laughs) Well, well, no, what I'm I'm hoping is, I'm hoping that there's a, a huge merger because then you have, I've always wanted, like three and three fourth inch, fourth inch DC Comics figures, right. you know, to, to be in scale with Star Wars figures, mm-hmm. and because you know your your Marvel figures are in scale with Star Wars figures and GI Joe, mm-hmm. but um, the Star Wars, I mean, the DC Comics figures have never been in scale. Now, if Mattel and Hasbro merge, then there's that possibility of that happening because Mattel owns the master license for DC Comics, so. I am so excited about this news, and I hope it does go through. That'd be totally awesome for me. You know, um, I don't see. You know, I don't know that it'll actually happen. There's, there's got a, a lot of hoops you have to jump through for this kind of thing. A lot of antitrust kind of uh, stuff they're going to have to look at to make sure that they're not hoarding a monopoly on action figures toys or whatever in the united states right but uh but i'm hoping that this is something that actually that does actually go through and and helps me get my dream dc comics figures in that scale well i'm just you know like the um i just always thought mattel had some pretty cool toy. i knew playmates always did really good toys too like playmates did did good stuff with star trek and i always wish that they would kind of go like star wars would kind of go that route which they kind of do with the black series mm-hmm. but i don't know like i always have i don't know even with just the regular sized figures that playmates used to do were really good um do they even st- are they even still around anymore playmates playmates uh i believe so um hmm. if i'm not mistaken uh, doesn't playmates make teenage mutant ninja turtle stuff still Oh yeah, you know that may still be Playmates. I've, I've thought that for that they went solo or something like they were on their own company now or something. But yeah, you may be right. They're probably still on Playmates, which that's a, that's yeah. a that's a really good toy line that's always held up. 
was the Ninja Turtles. Like the, even with the, just the quality of the toys, mm-hmm. they were always really yeah. good. And the new ones, based on I have, I don't own any new ones based on the new cartoon that's out right now. But they mm-hmm. look cool. They oh, play yeah. cool. Yeah, I've got uh, one, and it's from it's from this new line, but it's not from the like it's not of the cartoon. It was like this little line they did where it was the original turtles, like the original first comic, where all, they all had the red bandanas and stuff. Oh, really? They yeah, like it was one of those. Yeah, I, I, somebody got it for me for my birthday, and it was it was funny because I I was even thinking about because I was at the store and I'm like I want to get this, but I'll wait. And then <laughs> and it was that it was like that night I go to a friend's house and it's like hey happy birthday and boom it was a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I was like Sweet. oh man that's awesome. So well, it, you know my cut my little nephews play or one of them at least is a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan. So on his birthdays he always gets all kind of action figures from from that line and of course he opens them and i get to play with them and look at them and all (laughs) with him with him i'm not playing by myself what are you talking Uh about (laughs) (laughs) i think he's asleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um i mean the posability on them are really cool i mean they have all kinds of articulation all kind of weapons i mean they're they're really cool action figures to Mm -hmm. be honest sculpted well and and everything Yep, I just can't get into them because that's you know I can my my wallet can only be spread so many ways. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I I mean that's how I am with a lot of this stuff. Like I I just you know even with Force Friday it was like I couldn't go too deep because my wallet. <laughs> I mean it would have put a hurt in. Plus it's just so expensive, especially for the like the Black Series figures. Mm-hmm. Like I just wish they were a little bit cheaper because I mean twenty bucks a figure is kind of tough. Well, let me tell you something, dude. Uh, I don't know about you. Do you have any Kmarts going out of business in your area? Yeah, they are. And they had a ton uh-huh. of those things. Oh, they have. I went to the one in Dublin yep. um, today. That's where I was at. And they had a ton of the yep. Black Series. That's what I and saw. Yeah, I was there like last weekend, and it was like, wow. But which they weren't even they weren't pricing them that low. It was like, what, 20% off? 20% off. But yeah. they have so many that in a, you know, Every week they'll probably start slashing, add yep. another ten percent to it. So eventually it'll the price point will hit where it'll be worth it to go up there and grab them. What's funny is I did get a blanket from there. <laughs> well, oh, really? I was like, well, I'm not going to get a figure, but I bought a uh, Star Wars blanket and it's got you know it's got um, uh, stormtroopers on it and it's got Kylo Ren on it and it says How Star it? Wars. It's like it's great and it's a big blanket. It's like one of the soft. Um, oh, like yeah. sixty by ninety mm-hmm. blankets, so I've, so it fits me because I mean, every, like I have other blankets that are like the smaller ones. Like I only have one one other Star Wars blanket that Candy got me, but unfortunately, it was just it's real sm- small, so it really doesn't mm-hmm. fit all the way over me. But this one's huge, like it covers me and her, so it's like perfect, and How so I can it? be a nerd at all times. <laughs> How much was it? Um, it was like twenty. Then you take twenty. I think it was like twenty percent off that. No, oh, that ain't bad at all. So man. yeah, it wasn't too bad. bad. That ain't bad at all. Um, yeah, so the in some other news, have you heard about the new Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens video game coming out? Yes, and it, I can't wait. Like that's gonna be awesome because all the Lego series they're always good. They I don't think they've ever made a bad one. Um, mm-hmm. Especially Star Wars. Star Wars has got a good track record. Um, yeah. but 
I'm wondering because it's just going to be the one movie, so I wonder how much they're going to add to it. Because usually these games, they're like in bulk where they cover like three different storylines or something. You know, even with yeah. when they did Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, and it covered all the Jurassic Park movies, including the new one. So it's like they always cover a big portion. So I wonder how this one's going to work. I don't know. Um, currently, Tammy is playing the new Marvel Avengers Lego game. That came out last week or this week. Oh, really? She she plays them, <laughs> dude. She is Lego video game fanatic. She, every <laughs> one of them she gets and she plays and she plays until she collects everything and beats everything, gets the platinum trophy, and completes. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, cool. man. I'm, you, you, and I'm like, you started supper. Shut up! I'm playing Lego. Like, Put the girls to bed. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm flying around the city with Chris Hemsworth right now. <laughs> Man, I, those games. I mean, I'm serious though. They're they're just so well done. Like I, when they did the uh, Star Wars line. I mean, I remember the first. You know, the the. I think they, when they started it, it was only the first three episodes, right? Yeah, and then they yeah. did the original trilogy. I remember playing the original episodes and thinking this was great. I will really? say I'm a little disappointed that they've they finally started talking in the Legos games in the Lego yeah. games. Like I, I like I like it when they were because they were able to you know give you the story and and all the stuff and it was it was real funny and lighthearted and they didn't even have to say anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they don't go the Marvel route with this. And if you play the Marvel game, it's a, like a just a mixture of all the Marvel movies to date. Right. And it's and, like open world, and, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But during the cutscenes of the missions where, you know, you're watching stuff play out, it is voiceover from the movie. Yeah, they did that with Lord of the Rings. And I was like, oh, no, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not cool, man. I hope, I hope and I pray that they don't do The Force Awakens that way. Yeah, it would be just, weird because I mean the first, I mean the, uh, from what I can remember, even the, uh, the Clone Wars when they they did, I don't think it had people talking in it. I can't remember. I don't. I don't think they did. Could be wrong. I, I don't know, but just you know, listen, watching her play and listening to the sounds, it, the the voices almost sound a little muffled. It's like they couldn't yeah. get the volume right. And yeah, because it's, it's yeah because they had to cut it from a movie. I mean, it's it, yeah, it's yeah. definitely like takes you out a little bit because i remember it did that for me with lord of the rings which was still a fun game it was just those cut yeah. scenes i'm like oh like they didn't even have to put words in there you know you get it you know especially the way they had always done it where it would just be like you know they'd just be miming something or you know they have a little funny moment and yeah. it was all in the face or in the actions you didn't have to hear dialogue yeah and i wish they would go back and do it the old way again because uh i'm just not digging the the voiceover crap from the movies and I'm hoping they don't do Star Wars: The Force Awakens that way. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm expecting them to, but I hope they don't. If they don't, then that'll be a great surprise. But I'm not expecting them to <laughs> to do that. I'm sure they'll they'll go that you know the the route where you know whatever brings them more money. And they're like, hey, kids like when they talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, have you um or Talking, uh, let's move away from the Lego Star Wars movie for a second. What do you think? Okay, so just hear me out. Mm-hmm. What do you think about people that 
have certain items in their Star Wars collection. And they become, the item becomes worth so much money that they want to sell it. I mean, do you sell it? Or do you hold on to it? What do you do? It just depends to me. It's just like if I ha- if I have a connection to that figure or something, I think it would be tougher for me to let go. Like if it had, like me, I couldn't get rid of my older Star Wars figures because they just there was a conne- there's a connection there. It's not it's got nothing to do with worth to me. It's just about it takes me back to that time. That's why I go back and buy some of them that I weren't able to get, you know, because it takes me back to that time. But it depends. I mean, if you if it's more of just like you had it just to collect it. Um, if you can get good money out of it, I'd sell it. I mean, that's just how so, I would be. I mean, it's yeah. So I'm needing some new shelves, you know, in in my collection room here, and I have this uh, Jabba the Hutt diorama statue from Sideshow Toys. It's called oh, okay. uh, "You're You're Gonna Regret This," and it's got Leia choking out um, oh, okay. Jabba, and it's 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 the exclusive edition because it's got Salacious Crumb on it too and you know the regular edition doesn't come with him mm-hmm. and it's limited to 400 pieces so there's only 400 made and I'm looking on eBay and I do a search for him and you know I see one out there and then I do a I sort it or, or refine the search and and look at sold items so I can see what the thing's actually selling for mm-hmm. and dude I'm seeing like $700 how much you pay for it? Uh, I paid Let's just say I paid nothing for it. Okay, I was gonna say if I and mean we, even if you even if you spent if like two hundred dollars, right? But I, I I got you. But I would say like even if you had spent like let's say two hundred, it's still a big profit. So I mean, if you have no connection to it, I mean, it's just gonna sit there and collect dust. It's not like it's, and I'm sure it's not like your best thing you've got, right? It's just sort of like decoration. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, price wise, it's probably the best thing I have. Well, I mean, I mean like in terms of just the the like i guess in terms of like the eye candy or just the 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 wow factor it's not it's not like it's your big draw i'm sure you've probably got other things that are more important to you probably just are uh, cooler in the collection than that so i mean if you're thinking about it i'd probably just go for it if if i could sell it that much i mean yeah and and here's the thing dude i've come to the point where i have so much crap I have so much Star Wars stuff. Well, just give and, it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. There you go, Austin. But no, I, I, I've come to realize that I'm like a, a dog chasing a car when it comes to Star Wars collectibles. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. If I'm walking through a store and it says Star Wars on it, I jump for it. Right. You know, and and I've got and I've got to cut myself from that. I've got to I've got to pick like something right. and say this is my focus. Do not. You know, all this other stuff may look cool. Stay away from it. And that's pretty much what I do. Like, now it's like I just, you know, I'm still, like, I haven't really bought much for the new line, for for The Force Awakens. I've got some of the figures, and I want to get some of the other figures I like. Like, I'm definitely going to get the the new Han Solo figure when it comes out and get the new new, uh, Rey figure with the lightsaber Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. outfit she wore at the end of the movie. I'd love to have that. Oh, and the um, I'd like to have Finn, you know, FN, you know, was it two one eight seven? Yeah, I got my numbers FN2 right. Yeah, I'm so my yep. memory's so bad. Um, him with his, you know, where you put his helmet on and off, you know, it's got the, the finger marks on it with the blood, and mm-hmm. Kylo Ren without the mask. And I'd pretty much, if I had those, and I'd be okay. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, with Star Wars, like I don't focus too much on getting stuff because I used to be the same way where I would buy any if it had the word Star Wars on it, I'd buy it. If it was cereal, candy, you know, furniture, uh, boxes, just anything, and I, you know, I'd try to keep it. But I mean, to be honest, it sat in closets for years, and never did. I never did anything with a lot of it. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's. It is tough to, to wean yourself off that because, like, now the only thing I'd ever get would be Power of the Force stuff from, like, 95 to 99 when uh, Episode 1 came out. Um, yeah. That would be the only thing I'd really collected, but I'm not even heavy dude. I'm not, like, searching it out. I'm just, like, if I'm in a store, like, especially in those, like, vintage toy stores and they happen to have good deals on that stuff, I'll I'll grab one. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, with that job of figure, it sounds like it's probably not – probably not doing anything other than just sitting there and you know you're you know it's going to collect us it's probably like i said you probably got uh, things that are probably you know they mean more to you than that i'd probably just sell it for a good buck and then you can put that towards other stuff yeah and that's what i'm thinking it's just hard to do i'm i'm getting to the point like i said where i'm I'm running out of room and then i look and i see a shelf with two star wars cereal boxes two cans of Campbell's soup with star wars figures on it some (laughs) some star wars cookies and and you know some other stuff i'm like this is my food shelf and why do i have a food shelf why do i need to collect food you and the girls just have like a star wars slumber party and y'all just go through and eat it all (laughs) just just having partying like (laughs) yeah i don't know and and i just think you know that space can better be can better be served putting something else in there that that i like right you know like the uh, like the gi joe hangar you can go buy that the aircraft what do you call it the aircraft carrier the the aircraft carrier no yeah just go get that (laughs) (laughs) i sold the star wars thing tammy (laughs) (laughs) and i got this guess what can't even get in my office now (laughs) yeah really (laughs) i had to take the desk out in the so hallway. I need you to get out of the bed because this is going to sleep on your side. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, to... if you could scooch over, if you could go take the couch downstairs, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it this week for the Outer Rim News podcast. Uh, remember, this is episode twenty-five. If you want to ask us uh, any kind of questions or, or just make comments on the show, shoot us an email at news at outerrhythmnews.com. Um, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash outerrhythmnews. And, of course, we're on Twitter at outerrhythmnews. Uh, so just go to iTunes, leave us a review, tell us how you like the show, tell us how we suck for skipping a week. Uh, and how we don't take notes. Yeah, we don't take notes. We're we do boring. a lot of Google surf, surfing. <laughs> you know, we're boring. We talk like Higgs. Tell us that. That'd be awesome. We want to hear it. Um, but that's going to wrap us up for this week. So, from me, I will say, may the force be with you. Peace and love. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. If you want to follow us online, you can do so by visiting us on the web at www.outerrimnews.com. We're on Twitter at Outer Rim News, and we're on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Outer Rim News. If you want to leave a review or subscribe to us on iTunes, we would love to see that. And finally, this podcast is not endorsed or supported by Disney or Lucasfilm. It is intended for entertainment purposes only. The fantastic Star Wars rock music used for the show is courtesy of Husky by the Geek. 
You can find him on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash huskybytheGeek. Star Wars, names, and sounds are all copyright and registered trademarks of Disney and their respective copyright holders. 